Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, what's up you guys? Byron Rogers here, hanging with my boy, uh, Sonny with Six Sight. Uh, it's an honor to have you here, brother. How you doing? How you holding up? I'm very good, thanks for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure, it's actually an honor to be on your podcast. Uh, leading the way dude thank you man i'm trying you know i'm doing my best to just it's uh it's it's very interesting i think one of the things that drew me to you is that you kind of you do a lot we do a lot of the same types of things but it's like awesome to see another dude who gets it to where it's like look man like personal protection and self-defense but really personal protection doesn't require you to be like a Jedi. Like it's not about the muscles. It's not about the strength. Like your pattern of life has nothing to do with any of those things, man. And so I want to commend you for that, man. I, I, I was so refreshed to be like, there's a cool brand out here with good information. Uh, that's also talking about, you know, soft skills, you know? So awesome work with that, man. Yeah, that's pretty much my whole deal because I'm not like yeah. the biggest guy. You can see I'm not that jacked up. I'm yeah. just a li little guy. And uh, when I say that I'm an EP, like bodyguard for civilians, people yeah. just look at me quite strangely like, oh, you don't look like a bodyguard because they have <laughs> this warped perception of what we're doing. Like, But in reality, if you're actually having to like get in a fight, you're in a bad situation. You've messed up multiple times in the lead up to that situation. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. No, hundred percent. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of interesting now uh, the way our, the direction our industry is going, that there's definitely a place for the big guys, you know, okay. and I, no means one of them. I mean, I'm a good sized dude, you know, I'm 240, 235, what I ate, you know, um, and about 510, but I, but I'm usually like the smallest guy until <laughs> half the time, depending on what we're doing. But then in the more corporate stuff um, and, you know, kind of the older money crowd, you know, a lot of them want guys that are off the radar that are able to just walk into a coffee shop with them and everyone doesn't go, who's that guy with the big guy? Like, I don't even know who the, that guy is, but he's with someone, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Have you experienced that in the industry? Oh, definitely. That's actually my niche or niche, however you say it over there, because yeah, I, I try to blend in and that's why I'm hired. I'm actually on a job at the moment where it's like protective surveillance. So the client is like basically... Uh, I want you to protect me. But I don't want you anywhere near me. I don't want to ever see you. And also, I'm not going to tell you where I'm going either. So, you know, yeah, like, all right, thanks. No, <laughs> I'll just follow you around and do my best. So. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think, well, that's where I fit in in a lot of the corporate stuff. And I've traveled around Europe, um, usually yeah. on my own. It's usually they want you to stand mm. off a bit and blend in. But there's definitely, there's, there's parts for each type of person. Mm -hmm. um, and traditionally it's going for me, I've, I've done all right. I've done a, a different sort of Avenue, but I think also it depends on the client. Like I've never actually worked in the mu music industry, but <laughs> that's very hands-on I expect. And do you do yeah. much work in the music industry? Do you? Me? No, man. Um, I, I, I haven't done much work. I have worked in those environments. The, uh, a lot of the stuff that I've done is, has been, corporate and a lot of uh pastoral protection and things like that so um you know but and a, a few actors and singers as well and that's yeah. generally where you find that like you literally need a human that's big enough to move <clears throat> another human or group yeah. of humans at any given time you know um but then when i get into the more corporate stuff or you know with more places of worship it's like there's a lot more politics you know mm -hmm. 
and and so it's it's very it's kind of cool i remember it used to make me a little insecure when i started but now it's kind of cool to be like i can kind of move in between both worlds um and and uh it's kind of cool not to be that big sometimes <laughs> you know yeah when i started i got to 260 though it was crazy it was crazy wow. I'm yeah. there anymore but anyways man more about you brother you guys that are watching this we are going to get into some real world videos we're going to talk about some of the stuff that Sony uses to help people understand how to live safer patterns of life. Um, and we're going to talk about his experiences, but you're going to see firsthand how this stuff can work in your life. Um, but before we do that, Sony, why don't you give everyone a little brief overview of your background, brother? Uh, so I'm obviously English. You can tell by my accent from it's London. Cool. <laughs> and yeah, I joined the Royal Marine Commandos uh, when I was 21 and I went through that pathway um, became corporal, which is section commander in, we have different ranking system. And then uh, I went reservist and I went into UK SF. I did selection as a reservist and I joined the United Kingdom Special Forces. And then when I came out of that, I started working in the world of corporate espionage. So I was doing surveillance on a whole number of clients, usually for rich people paid to spy on other rich people. Um, and then I work as a close protection or executive protection operator following on from that. Uh, but also winding back right to the beginning, I've always been, had an interest in like fighting, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and that's also where a lot of my content comes from because I did get in a lot of trouble as a youngster. And to just ignore that part of my life would be a lot of experience wasted, to be honest. So I quite, I use that a little bit um, when I'm trying to teach certain concepts and things. Yeah, yeah. So I have uh, the experience of what not to do, and then I can teach <laughs> you what you should actually do, you know? No, man, that's what's up. I love it. And it's a it's a different it's a different approach because we have so many different people in our space that are like, have the military, the heavy, you know, SEAL, or, um, you know, have the State Department or have the Secret Service type background and stuff like that. But... Uh, the corporate espionage background, man, that that's valuable. That's interesting. Uh, that was some of the most fun work I've ever done. Uh, yeah. So we're working in small teams, mainly in London and around Europe. And we were tasked with finding out certain information about individuals. And sometimes uh, on a, quant a number of jobs, that individual, being a rich person, actually has an EP guy or team with them to like playing cat and mouse you know and mm. it's uh it, that's a hard thing to do but it's also incredibly fun and challenging and you've got a team of guys and girls because that this very mixed in the corporate espionage sort of world females wow. can get to get into places and get next to people that obviously men would draw attention to uh, so we did some stuff that was actually on the gray area as well yeah. uh, you know like pushing the boundaries but uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of technology, technology and stuff like vehicle trackers and stuff, which has also helped me in do being an executive protection operator <laughs> because I'm looking for stuff like that that other people aren't really caring about, and I'm like, nah, this stuff goes on because I used to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So real quick before we jump into some of these real world, real world clips, um. Who would you say, who are you at your core, man? You know, who's like the man behind the work? Uh, well, I'd love to say that I am a family man now and I'd like to be a gentleman. But in all honesty, I am actually a fighter at my core. And I've always been drawn to fighting. Uh, and I'm quite an aggressive person, even though people say, oh, you look real nice and cute, Sammy. People <laughs> kind of misjudge me. <laughs> um, uh, I, I've always been in boxing and now I, I do a bit yeah. of MMA and I have to train to keep myself mentally sane as well as just uh, like physically uh, able to do the job. So I do like a scrap and that's a bit of an English heritage thing as well, you know, old football hooliganism and stuff. <laughs> Dude, I think that's awesome, man. And I think it's a really powerful thing when warriors find themselves in this vocation, man, you know? So I completely agree. Like, that's how my, that's how I got here was me being like, Hey, you know, how can I do something positive with the fact that I'm a warrior, you know, and like mm. I'm generally here to use the tool of violence and different things, but um, to protect and do something positive. And so it took me a while, obviously the Marine Corps, 
And then, you know, finally into executive protection, I started to be like, wow, that's amazing. And then now, you know, here we are using our skills and our experience to strengthen other people, which I think is just awesome, dude. Yeah. And that's for me, that's what the Royal Marines did for me. Uh, it took me from like a bit of a, a, a ready to go. Thug. I wasn't really, I was never a criminal, but I was always scrapping in yeah. venues and stuff. It took yeah. me and it really sharpened me and I, like made me into the man I am today. And mm -hmm. it, was, it was a great thing, to be honest, because yeah. it, it like young men could easily go down a different path. But joining the military really turned you into something to be proud of, I, I think. Heck yeah, dude. I couldn't agree more. Like, I think so many of us were one decision or getting caught away from like a completely different path. Like, fortunately, yeah. we made it in the recruiter's office uh, before just like getting caught doing something crazy and, and, and being a felon, basically. I mean, that's how I was. Yeah, it's easily done, especially if you're in the peer group. Uh, yeah, man. When you're growing up. But yeah, the military is a good route, especially if you're like aggressive. And I, I was right. aggressive. Um, mm -hmm. And then that, when you join the Marines or any military unit, you're like that aggression is channeled and seen as a favorable thing and looked right. at as, as a good thing. So, yeah, I, I recommend the military for anybody in yeah. that sort of time of life. No, 100 percent. I couldn't agree more. What do you, what's up with this MMA thing real quick? Yo, did you just <laughs> really just decide to like tell the story? Real quick? I got to hear that story. Uh, well, I, I moved to Canada three yeah. years ago and I landed in Canada. I didn't know anyone. Like, I just moved my family here and I wanted to fight MMA. So I was at a gym, but the way the gyms work, I'm, I've been through the boxing gyms in my youth and, like, you have to, it's like a tier system. You have to be there. You have to earn your respect, climb the ladder. Then you might get coached and then you have some fights. But time's ticking for me, you know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have that time and I really wanted to fight. So I just, entered a i contacted a promoter in america in washington mm -hmm. actually everett and then said oh, i want to fight but i'm an independent fighter i don't have a coach or a gym and he said oh, i've got this guy and he's uh had seven previous fights and he's a weight class above you but you can have him if you want it and i was like yeah let's go so then i trained like, he's a weight class above you was that in small yeah. print or <laughs> <laughs> well no they just it was basically take it or leave it and i was like yeah i'll take it that's it let's do it so then i, I trained I had a few weeks to train and then i put an advert on craigslist uh, down in america in washington for some cornermen mm -hmm. uh, and i got i got some and then when i drove down there i met him in the parking lot and then i went into the cage and uh fought three rounds and i got ragdolled all over the show yeah because <laughs> um, being an englishman i did a bit of jujitsu and i'm a boxer traditionally yeah. uh, i didn't have the res wrestling background so mm -hmm. i learned my lesson there but i managed to finish the fight with uh, all three rounds, it was decision. And the guy that I was fighting actually finished a few opponents uh, in the past. So I was very happy with that. And then yeah. I went and did it again, my second fight. And I fought a purple belt actually in jujitsu. And I'm a white, I was white belt. And mm. uh, I ended up getting beat the first round and coming back in the second and winning. Um, and I was very proud of that. And then I got picked up by an MMA gym locally and they said, I'll oh, train with us. And I jumped the queue and now I'm in the fighter category and I'm training with them uh, until COVID actually stopped it. So I want to have some professional fights, basically. That's a dream of mine since I was a kid. Yeah, man. yeah. Such a great story. Such a great way to enter the realm, man. I love it, man. He who dares. I mean, you know, you should be <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could wish we could steal that motto from you guys, man. <laughs> he who dares wins. I love it, dude. Yeah. And, no, that's a beautiful story about about just being determined and going and getting out there and getting after it, man. It says a lot about you, a lot about your psychology. It makes you way more uh interesting, you know. Uh mm -hmm. social media is riddled with people that are just trying to be cool. And I've always endeavored to be somebody who's trying to give value because I'm not that cool. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not that cool, you know? Like I like my tattoos, that's kind of cool. But you know what I mean? Wow. But like other than that, like Yeah, so, I don't know if that's very true, man. You I've been watching your Instagram for a while. I think it looks pretty pretty cool. <laughs> you. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? So that I love seeing people that are like multi-dimensional. It's not like here's me shooting and here's me shooting in a Hawaiian shirt and here's me shooting in <laughs> underneath the car and here's me, you know what I mean? Yeah. But giving a lot of value. Um and that are multi-dimensional, the fight thing, you know, and the way you approach the game is something the industry needs because those of us who don't have an, an education in all this like spy type 
espionage type stuff, we're ultra vulnerable to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then when you get into the civilian world, you know, uh, me trying to help the world become a safer place by helping good people become more dangerous. It's like those who don't see, they're not, you know, some say sheep dogs, some say it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. Some say lions lay down with lambs, but those who are not predators naturally, they really got to learn how to think like we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what the heck we're about to break into here with this video, man. Yeah, I agree totally. And that's some of that. It comes with life experience as well as the training. And, you know, I, I learned by a lot of mistakes in my life. Um, and some of the mistakes I didn't learn, I continued. And then I like, went even further, deeper down that path. But, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do as well. I'm trying to teach, give people a head start that haven't had this training or the experience of being in bad neighborhoods, for instance. Right. Um, because uh, these days, if you do make a mistake, you can end up, losing your life you know like with yeah, we, it, where i'm from uh knives are the weapon of choice and knife crime is is incredibly rampant it's it's right. an epidemic in itself um so and like weapons are just a new thing like when i was growing up people were just fighting that was it and now in my hometown people are getting stabbed every weekend so it's, it's evolving isn't it and it's, the skills of being a fighter is it's not there's no gentleman rules anymore there's no yeah. like Queensbury rules, like someone will just pull a weapon and then that's it. And yeah. index. Yeah, no, no, no more honor, man. Nothing yeah. safe anymore, you know, no more like, hey, let's duke it out outside. We'll go and no one's ever, everyone's trying to sue. It's crazy. And for those of you who don't know and haven't been overseas, you know, London and, and, and over there, man, and Britain and all those places, like, it's like, I feel like you guys look really clean and chic and stuff when you want to, but you guys are like New Yorkers. You're like European New Yorkers. Like if you make a wrong turn, you'll get cussed out. Like if you <laughs> you walk in the streets and bump into someone, like they might throw down with you, man. Like people are there's like a there's like a there's like a type of roughness that you guys have over there that I've always thought is pretty cool, man. Yeah, I agree. And also because we're so condensed, we're just yeah. squ squashed into small areas. We don't have the land space like right, right. people build up and everyone's living on on top of each other. Uh, and, so, and people like where I used to live in London, there's a lot of gangs and those gangs aren't like out of sight. They're literally on the street and you have to walk past them. So this is this is a problem that I had when I moved there. I went there to do to go to university and I was from a different part of like down south and then I found myself in this new environment with hostile gangs that uh, got bad reputation they're very territorial and I was getting challenged uh wow. like, where, where you're from and stuff and I didn't know how to act in that situation so I had to learn how to become an insider to that environment uh, and there's certain wow. things that I did that ended up I could just walk through and I wasn't getting challenged uh, no matter where I was going and that these things I actually learned when I've moved further down the line in my career as well. But th these are the sort of things that I'm trying to teach people, which are, are soft skills, like you said before. They're more, uh, they're not really, I don't really go into the fighting sort of stuff too much because right. it, that is the last resort. I'm trying to teach everything in the build up. So avoidance and prevention and deterring threats is my yeah. main. My That's main the game, man. We win 100% of the fights that we don't get in. So this video, yeah. still, we're still having a little bit of a, for whatever reason, it's actually not playing. So what I'm going to do is let's go to your other video real quick. Fortunately, two is one, one is none, right? Yeah. So <laughs> let's walk me, walk us through this bad boy. Okay. So th this happened in Vancouver where I actually currently live. And it was in the middle of the daytime, as you can see. And the guy behind, I would call that like a, a threat profile, criminal profile, the way that he's dressed and he's obviously a male of, of the fighting age male. Uh, so he just began following this lady uh, around wow. Vancouver uh, in broad daylight. And later down the line, we he gets arrested uh, and we find out that he's done this to multiple other women in the area. He's actually in prison now. But it's, it's a scary thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Just look at that. He's literally... He's yeah, and he gets very close. And she gets out her phone, she videos it. I don't kind of agree with that, you know, because you it may have deterred him a little bit if he, I think she was on a live stream, but yeah. in, personally I wouldn't get out my phone. There's other things that you can do. Uh, and she does actually this is part of my game plan is to give people the, a tool bag and, and have different options other than fighting. Yeah, man. Uh, especially in the daytime. So 
she's walking away from him, but for her, she needs to think about the ground that she's in and she needs to associate herself. That's what she's doing now with other people is one option that I call apparent allies. So if you're ever being followed at any time of the day, it's always, it's, it's an animalistic uh, strategy, safety in numbers. Uh, so yeah. she actually walks to a skate park here and she associates herself with some strangers uh, um, who she's seen sitting around and uh, they help her out because she's literally in need of help. Um, and I, I believe that a lot of people will help you if you're in a situation like this. So it's also profiling the people that you're approaching on the street and seeing whether they are, are a good person to try and attach yourself to or, or not. Yeah, so what would you say, man? So, all right, chick A is walking down the street, um, you know, and she realizes she's being followed. You know, what's kind of the checklist? What's kind of the moves uh, for someone when they see something like that? Well, first of all, is situational awareness is, is the big deal. And when you're, right. say, this lady is walking out of a train station, she's just about to step into a new environment that isn't clear. So you need to check your surroundings at that time. And that would be shoulder checks, um, so near okay. and far, uh, and that's that gives you the opportunity to to spot the threat early on. Uh, and this video here is is. Hold up, hold up! I'm gonna go back to that other one. It looks like we finally got. <laughs> bear with me, y'all. Bear with me. We finally got that other video up. We'll hit that one here in a second. Bop, bop, bop. So you're talking shoulder checks. Yeah. So when you're stepping into a new environment. Uh, you need to check your surroundings uh, right. and there's certain times of the day which would be more important uh, the, the threats will be higher and I call these times your switch on times um, so yeah so this is a play on uh, the alert states like Cooper's colors instead yeah. of teaching civilians like these this quite complex system I just want to teach like this is a time when you need to switch on and that's your yeah turn your switch your situational awareness switch on and start acting and behaving uh, a little bit different so you're more aware of your surroundings so shoulder checks is the first one you need to spot that threat early on uh, and if you do spot that threat uh, then moving away from it there's some other techniques you can use to confirm if that person is following you and that goes down in the tradecraft sort of route so one of them which is a very important one uh, which I use every day, um, maybe I've been a bit paranoid, is like a crossover technique. So this is a, what we call a natural look back. So it's yeah. an opportunity to look behind yourself without obviously turning around and looking behind yourself. And also you're creating distance between you and that person. So you cross over the street. And well, as you do so, you check for traffic left and then right. And when you're looking back for the traffic, you're checking behind yourself just to confirm if that person is following you. So you're getting good information about that person. You can see if they're carrying a weapon, if they're actually showing you attention, but also you're creating distance and you're also setting a trap because you're crossing and this guy who's following this guy here, he's not surveillance trained, he's just a criminal. So he is most likely gonna cross at the same point that you crossed. So that gives you an opportunity to know, all right, he's crossed over. So if you're going down one street and let's say it's a straight road, you cross over once, you look behind yourself, you see that he's following. At 100 meters down the road, you cross over again to your original side. If he follows again, you're pretty sure that this guy is following you. Um, mm -hmm. You set a trap there and you've confirmed. And we, we usually use the rule of threes in surveillance. So you do it again, you would take three, three left turns or three, three direction changes. Uh, but doing so, you've confirmed that this person's following you and now you need to take action. And there's a few game plans that I do have that people can take action by using. Um, okay. So are you, so you walk out, you're doing your shoulder checks, you're looking across, you're looking, you know, you think you're looking over your shoulder. You think, you notice someone's following you, you walk, uh, you cross the street, basically try to get them to do something off baseline that mirrors what you're doing. Basically. Like, yeah. Right, and then you confirm it with like maybe some other, a few left turns uh, just so that there's no logical reason that they could, you're like teasing out the info you need to be like, I'm confirming that this person's definitely locked onto me. Yeah. Um, and then once you've confirmed that they're locked onto you and that person is following you, then what's, what's the next bet? Especially if you're a female, it's less physically potent and might not be able to uh, really physically defend yourself or outrun the guy. Yeah. So that, that is a problem. And 
a lot of my training is based on getting help to you so you yeah. can deal with the situation. So there's one thing that I, I do try to get people to do. And for me as a dad, and also I have my wife, when she comes back from work, she'll share a location on WhatsApp just so I could monitor if, right. she, if something was to happen, then she'll put that phone back in her pocket. Yeah. Um, and then she can deal with the situation. And that's just a precaution. But if, for the instance, if this lady here had a buddy like her dad or flatmate or her husband or someone if she just had this agreement where if she ever sh just shares a location then that person is notified oh why is she sharing a location then she can he can go and help her or if anything else goes wrong then he knows where she is if she's abducted or whatever also right. she needs to think about the ground that she's walking in like yeah. usually we're creatures of habit so we'll probably be on a, a regular journey um, if this ever happens, most likely. If not, then you can still see things on the street that you can use to your advantage. And I, I call these places safe spots. So in the middle of the day, you've got a lot of options. You've got uh, different restaurants with populated areas, basically, and places where there could be authoritative figures, like uh, restaurants, bars in that in the evening because they have security on them, in them. Even gas stations where people may conjurate around. Um, yeah. She actually uses a skate park here where there's a lot of youngsters who are skating. Uh, so if you do find a group of people, then you just associate yourself with them. And I believe that most of the time you can walk up to people and say, excuse me, I really need your help. Like there are good people out there and I truly believe that. Uh, and if you're in a distressing situation, associating yourself and approaching people um, can actually be a big game changer. Even yeah. if they're not going to physically help, they yeah. are witnesses. They can call the police while you're dealing with the situation. Um, but also, that this is a deterrent for the bad guy. Like they, right. they You've seen stop. yeah, he he's now he's he's got some problems with what he wants to do. Uh, uh, he's got a lot of witnesses around. He's got a lot of people that can fight back, and he's he's cut his losses and walked off. And that guy actually was arrested with a knife on him uh, shortly afterwards. Uh, and, and the way that he's acting suggests that he's not looking to rob this lady. It looks like he is looking for his other, his more sinister intentions, to be honest, because he's not deterred by the phone videoing. And yeah, if he was to rob her, he could easily just take that phone out of her hand. But he's not doing that. It looks like he wants to follow her for something else. Yeah, and he, he closed distance on her quite a bit. Like he could have just accosted her you know, once she was like right about here, when she's like right in here somewhere, he, I mean, side of the street, rob, move, run. He's pretty close at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's pretty interesting, man. And then, so basically get into a safe place with more humans, survival of the pack, elimination of the weakest. Think about when you're looking at the discovery channel and the one gazelle that gets snatched up is the one that gets separated. So find yeah. bodies of humans and ask for some help as well as for a third step i dig it man uh let's dig into a hey, you guys too that you guys are watching on youtube and facebook and linkedin i am seeing your comments uh thanks for those i towards the end i'll scroll through there and see if there's any questions you guys have let's see if this other video man looked like it was it was actually working sweet what do we got here dude okay so here we see uh, the pink dot is a female and this is actually in the uk and uh, the blue dot is is a male who's the epitome of a human predator he okay. is following her late at night and this is probably a journey for her maybe she's got off of the train and she's walking to her house a few blocks or something which is a switch on time uh, which i talk about in my training because this is a time when you really need to start paying attention to what's going on around you and and not and not look like an ideal victim so you yeah. need to stay away from distractions keep all your cell phone away posture up uh, look confident like you're an insider to the environment uh, and check your surroundings at different points so she's being followed down this street and um unfortunately for her she she doesn't know at this time she's mm. unaware of her surroundings she hasn't looked behind herself at all um She's vulnerable, man. She, she is very vulnerable. So at this point, if that was me, I would just cross the street there, uh, even if I don't think anyone's following me, because that gives yeah. me an opportunity to check behind myself. Uh, and also it creates distance between you if there is a person. Uh, so he follow, he's following from quite far back. Um, so she, she does have an opportunity if she's looking for him, but I don't think she, she is completely unaware at this yeah. time. And you can see by the person, like we are 
quite a lot of the time looking at threat profile individuals. You know, you see that guy on the street, he's drawing my attention for certain. Even yeah. he's put up just the way that he's dressed. He's a fighting age male um, and he's hanging around late at night on his own uh, and he doesn't have a reason to be there. Right. He's just hanging around. Uh, so, yeah, she's followed down this street. And again, you still don't see her check her surroundings. She doesn't look around the place. Um, luckily, she's not on a cell phone, which is the biggest deal for a lot of people. Right. Uh, if she had detected that threat right here, then we have some other bystanders walking past. She could approach them. And for me, I've, I've been a protector my whole life. If someone comes up to me and says, oh, I'm a bit worried I'm being followed, I'm going to look after that person. I think a lot of people out there will actually do that. Uh, right. We have to give trust in other human beings in situations like this. Uh, so he's followed her and now he's actually starting to approach her and harass her, uh, which is a very scary scenario for a lot of women out there and men. Uh, and this is something that I try to teach uh, strategies and things. So early detection in this circumstance would be the most ideal thing because then you can alert a buddy through the WhatsApp location or you can call the police if you feel that you're in danger. Uh, right. But the most important thing is to actually be present in the situation and dealing with it instead of focused on a phone or, or, or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, he's actually interacting with her now. He's harassing her a bit. Uh, and shortly he actually grabs her and he's abducting her in the middle of the street. He's holding on to her and, and escorting her to a, a secondary location. And she doesn't, there you can see it there. So she doesn't really know the danger that she's in. Uh, and at this time, if you're ever being taken, as we know, to a secondary location, this is the time to fight. This is where yeah. you fight with all your might for your life. Uh, yeah. And this is quite a morbid video, to be honest, because this lady was actually murdered um, by this individual. Uh, and it's quite a big story in the UK. It's a very sad story because even though the CCTV and he's caught on CCTV and we are the most CCTV covered nation in the world, yeah. it, it, it may catch that person after the event, but it's not stopping them right there. And then, you know, the crime is still being committed. Yeah. She probably doesn't know the danger she's in at the moment. Um, unfortunately is the most highest level of danger. So yeah. it, it, when you get to this point, if you had shared your location, you can still have help on its way to you. If you had notified the police, then you still have help on their way to you. Uh, this is the most morbid part of the video, which is uh, the next day when he's actually disposing of the body, to be honest, and he actually carries it in a backpack uh, down the street. So he, he is the worst type of human. into that backpack right no, there? He gets a different bag. Um, Okay. Which we see, there you go, yeah, which is absolutely horrendous. This is a big story in the UK. Um, so these threats on the street, obviously this is a very unlikely scenario. In that bag? I think he, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. Guys, evil is really, really, really real, you guys. I'm telling you, man, before you get into a car or get into a space, I think I, I have another video coming up on something like this as well. If you, if you got to get shot on the street, get shot on the street. If you got to get stabbed in the open with people around, get stabbed and like fight, get away, run, be the most difficult and horrible thing, person that they try to victimize. It's a very big deal um, to, to, to once you go to that secondary location and you are segregated away from the rest of the public, you're at their mercy. You don't want to be at the mercy of evil, man. That is huge. Yeah, that's a horrendous story, that one. Uh, but my my whole premise is on the early detection of that threat. If you don't have the ability to fight or the experience in fighting, right. um, which I, I recommend everyone should take some time out of their life to train in some sort of fighting art, martial art. But the reality that I've found is a lot of the people that need this are actually not going to take that time out of their lives to do it. Right. You know, so that's where we come in as protectors. Uh, and a lot of my training is to teach other parents or other protectors um, to so they can drip feed this information down to the people around them uh, and, and send that information around. Uh, but the main thing is early detection. And once you detect the threat, then you've got other options. But if you don't detect the situation where it's to detect that threat, then you're really on the back foot. And she, she only detected the threat when the guy is a few meters away from her unfortunately right. that was too late man but, uh, what would you say to parents you know um 
a few considerations when they're out with the kids and ways to keep the kids and things like that safe or the family uh, safe. Yeah, and this is a big thing. You're literally the bodyguard for your family. And that whether you like it or not, <laughs> you have that role. Um, and you can't get away from that. And you should live with that role. That's that's something that I'm very proud of. And obviously that's what you want right. to be. Um, but the main for me, the most important aspects are observation and tactical positioning. So to be able to see threats, you have to feed your most valuable asset, and that is your eyes. And yeah. tactical positioning comes into that because if you're standing in a good position where you've got good arcs of vision um, on the likely place of threats, then even if you're distracted or slightly distracted, you've got a, be a good opportunity to see anything that's coming or developing. And for if you're ever walking with children, there's the obviously you you always want to be in between the threat and them, uh, but you also have to look further afield because you don't want to be walking into trouble. And a lot of the stuff that I actually teach for is, is in big cities like where I live in Vancouver. We do have a lot of uh, street crime. We do have a lot of homelessness and mental instability on the street as well as that mixed in with uh, drug use. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying all these people are criminals, but we cannot uh, ignore the fact that some of these people are, are mentally unstable. Like I've seen it multiple times of outbursts on the street. Just random attacks, random yeah. outbursts, man. Yeah, I've they seen it. All of a sudden, and they're attacking you because they're they're having an episode, and they believe you're a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. in major cities a lot. Yeah, and this is a big threat. I I believe in a lot of people are saying, oh, they're just they're just uh, they're harmless. To they're not harmless. A lot of them. Um, there's a lot of crime that comes with this. Uh, yeah. Drug addictions need to be fueled. Drug supply needs to keep coming. There is a criminal underworld that attaches it to these poor souls and, and the environments they're in. And obviously avoidance of these areas is a good idea, but a, a lot of people can't avoid these areas because they have to move through them to get to work or, or to do their daily daily deeds. So Amen. there's some different uh, strategies that can be used if you do have to move through these places. Right. What would you say about pre pre-threat indicators, you know, so a civilian hears that term, they're like, okay, what should I be looking for, you know, to, to really tease out who is dangerous and when they're dangerous? Uh, so there's a lot of pre-attack pre indicators, pre-threat indicators, and a lot of those come into when you're very close. But a lot of my teachings is for spotting people up ahead of you that you still got some distance and you, you still got time to walk the other way or cross the street. So yeah, one of the main things that I like to talk about is does that person have a reason to be there? You know, so this in this day and age for a fighting age male to be standing on the street not looking at their phone, not preoccupied with another task, if it's like in the nighttime, then that is a that is a, an alarm bell that le leads me to give them more attention because right. it's unusual now. It might be for an older person, but that older person is not really a threat profile and shouldn't be high on the list of, of, of priorities for us. So if right. they don't have a reason to be there, on the other hand, if they're standing at a bus stop, idly standing there, they're, they're waiting for a bus. But if they're standing on the side of the street, if they're practicing a, a level of situational awareness themselves, then this is another alarm bell. Because if they're looking out, <laughs> yeah. you know, the only people who are practicing situational awareness are the good guys and the bad guys. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. love it, man. And that context, man. That's context, man. Context is huge. What is this dude doing in this environment, man? Why are they there? It can really help you understand them. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, what we are talking about is profiling, <laughs> you know, behavioral profiling. Everyone's profiling all the time. You profiled the chick that just walked in the room. Salespeople are profiling you when they walk, when you walk into the department store. Uh, profiling is a skill that effective humans learn to master to help them navigate reality more effectively and navigate interpersonal relationships more effectively. You do profile, but you got to get good at it. Uh, if you're going to be a protector and live a safer pattern of life, this stuff is like, these are the nuts and bolts of what makes us empowers us to do what it is we want to do, you know, before things get crazy, you know, as it's very integral to who we are and what we, we got to bring to the game. Man. Um, yeah, I agree, especially as EP protectors, like profiling, you have to move through environments and just clear people like that. And you can't take the time to 
analyze every little thing about them. It's like clear, 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 and you've got to move through. And that, that's a skill that you can take into civilian life. And I think a lot of people, especially women, have an intuition that that speaks to them about certain men uh, when they're in these situations too. And that's another thing that I would, I would really push on about, especially for women, is to listen to your intuition. Uh, yeah. If you have any sort of niggling, like, neandering signs or, or any feelings in yourself that is oh, I don't like this person then right. there's probably a reason for that and you should listen to it um, yeah. and not ignore it and I think what women specifically do wrong is they will assign I think because of something to do with fear or politeness or society training treating them to, to, to be polite or they've had no contact with anything evil before so they have no yeah. They have no um, experiential information that would tell them, hey, pay attention to that. They might write it off as like, oh, well, no, you know, he's just standing by my car because, you know, he just needs his cars next to my car. So I mean, you'll, they'll come up with these excuses and these reasons for uh, nefarious behavior sometimes. And that 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 can ultimately re result in some really negative things. We always know the truth, I find. I feel like, you know, it's just what our brain does with it after we take it in. Uh, in a lot of cases, man. Yeah, I agree. And you have that situation with uh, victims of crime, sometimes women, saying, oh, I got in the elevator with him. I didn't want to be impolite or, or offend right. him, but they, they knew something was up. You know, you're not in a signed legal contract to walk past that person or enter the elevator. And there's also tactics you can use, like a little, play a little bit of acting. Oh, I just got a call. Oh. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to just obviously walk past. There's some different strategies you can use to avoid there uh, going into these situations, which... I actually go into in my training as well. Heck yeah, because the context matters. Right before you get on that elevator, you still have a chance to come up with an excuse. Right when that dude walks into your department store and you're like, mm, you can still be like, oh, I need to go in the back and do some things with the boxes and go back there and make a call or just sit back there and watch them on the cameras for a while. <laughs> you know, until, yeah. you know until the store is packed and you feel a certain way or especially when we're out doing EP, man, like you got to have the shortcuts, you got to see the pre-thread indicators and you've got to be ready because they pick the time and place. So you want to cheat as much as you can, you know, what would you say about realistic self-defense tactics, disciplines, and things like that? Uh, I'll come from a boxing background, which isn't a traditional like self-defense thing, but the, the most important thing for me is the, uh, the flinch reflex. Yeah. Cause everyone can throw a punch and, and hit a punch bag, but yeah. knowing how to take a punch or to evade, like avoid a punch or block a punch is the biggest thing to overcome in any fight situation. So when we talk about self-defense, I just see it as a fight, basically, because if you're yeah. using self-defense moves, you're in a, <laughs> a bloody fight. In it, yeah. I mean, and, and the way that real street fights work is uh, bam, 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 bam. It needs to be fast, sporadic, hard, fast, aggressive. And yeah. um, you're going to get hit. You, you go out in the storm, you're going to get wet, you know, so that and and the first time you ever get punched in the face, if it's at the day of the race, then you're, you're on the back foot and you're disorientated. And that that's one of the biggest problems. And a lot of the videos we both post and see is people getting yeah. knocked out in nighttime venues and stuff. It's because they don't have a real expectation. They don't know their own capabilities. They, they think maybe that's why some other martial arts that I don't really believe in are giving people a full sense of their own capabilities so i think anything that allows you to have some sort of sparring at some time some real life scenarios and anything that helps you defend like my life i've always put defense over offense so if i'm comfortable with slipping a punch then i can throw my own punches um but if you're not comfortable with defending yourself first uh then that will probably come back to bite you in in, in a situation um, but speaking of that, and that I know I've, you've spoken, you have Tony Blower on your on yeah. your uh, protector synopsis, and that yeah. I actually did his class, not from him, one of his instructors a long time ago, and that was that literally tackles what I'm talking about, the flinch reflex. Um, wow. and I think it is the best standalone training that you can do if if you want to do one thing to uh, like give yourself a. a a better chance in a fight or self-defense situation. 100%. And since you mentioned it, shameless plug, <laughs> we have a free training guide for you guys. It'll be in the comments. Uh, you can learn from um, close to a dozen of 
the elite instructors we've had at Protector Symposiums. Um, click that link, check out the free training guide. You can start learning from the comfort of your own home. Tony Blauer is one of them, Protector Symposium 2.0. It's in that library. You guys will have access to the whole library at an extremely discounted rate. But uh, weaponizing the startle flinch and turning your body into a human weapon is what he talks about. And then you'd be surprised, man. Another thing I love about your content, Sony, is like, ah, it kills me. Two things. One, when we're talking about combatives and all that stuff, false sense of security based on what you're studying. I think a lot of people in the U.S. get a gun and they have a false sense of security. They think they know how, okay, I'm at the range and I can draw on, I can shoot on some targets and I can aim and I can shh, and I can shoot my gun. Boom. Oh, I hit the bullseye. Like, I'm gangster. Like, no, you're not. Because half these altercations start off in the physical realm, you know, like, can you draw your weapon, whether it's a knife or a gun under human pressure, can you move and can you do, think about solve higher quality problems while you're working with whatever weapon system, you know, and you're a hundred percent, right? If you can't spar, if it can't be done at speed and what you're training, those results can't be replicated at speed, then you're living in a fantasy about your actual capabilities. And if you're not testing them, then how do you know, you know, so, um, integrated combatives and things like that man get your heart rate up and practice your practice your trash you know uh the other real quick shameless plug i want to hit these guys with is tonight in fact i will pull up the link for you guys but tonight we are going to have another live webinar where we're going to talk about this protector symposium 4.0 those seats are limited i think we have a few more it's a free webinar where i'm going to talk about um what we've got coming up october 1st through the third hope you guys come and train with us but um yeah man no i love this stuff i'm gonna put that that comment in the comment section realistic martial arts are huge because if you are doing these things and you really want to be strong and formidable you have to be practicing these things under stress otherwise you, you the first time you get punched in the face is in the real world like sony said it's just it's not going to be what you want <laughs> it's not i mean you're gonna be doing the you're gonna be way behind the power curve because you got to think man the wolf is out there and the wolf is here's for our live training this is for our actual on ground training event coming up hope you guys check that out the wolf they're, they're living a life they're getting jumped into clubs i bet you this wasn't the first time this dude did this thing and chopped that lady up and put her in a bag i bet you it wasn't the first time yeah he's walking and, cool with a body on his back Go ahead. yeah and he's been in that environment looking for victims for a while i'm sure he's come yeah. close to committing that crime before as well so he's analyzed people and that's another thing that i talk about in my training heart situational awareness for me is half about detecting threats on the street and it's half about how you're perceived by these threats these human predators so when yeah. they're looking at you, they're looking at you to see, oh, can I get away with this? Is this person right. an easy victim? Every hurdle you can put in the way um, will make it harder for them. It's a risk versus reward factor. And it might move them on to an easier victim. And that for you personally, that's all you need to do. Um, so you don't need to be the biggest line on the plane. You just have to not appear to be the weakest gazelle is something that I like to ramp on about. No, 100%, man. That That's 90% of it. What would you say has transitioned from your work doing more of the espionage stuff into executive protection? Are there any specific things that you can talk about real quick for the EP guys listening that you've seen? Uh, just, be, just be conscious of not all the threats out there are like life danger and threats. Um, the exploitation of information is, is a big threat and a lot of people don't really take this into account I, I have a lot of discussions in the jobs i've done in canada trying to tell them about like cell phone exploitation um, and wi-fi exploitation vehicle tracking devices and they just look at me like i'm living in some james bond jason Bourne world but yeah. you know, and i get a bit annoyed because no like this happens because i used to do this <laughs> like this is why we don't leave the vehicle unattended yeah a, yeah. a, a bomb being placed in canada is very unlikely although it could happen uh, but a vehicle tracker is quite likely if this person works in this company or this corporate world that is is his his meetings and his information is is valuable to his competitors. So these are the sort of jobs that I was doing. So yeah, any sort of exploitation um, that isn't actually life endangering threat is as a protector. Obviously, it's still your job to stop that from happening. Um, and a lot of counter surveillance measures um, should always be practiced and and 
and adhere to as well as the normal protector strategies. No, I love it, man, because there's a digital realm now. Like there's the physical realm where we fight and we look at people, but there's a whole, you have a digital footprint when it mm -hmm. comes to acquiring information that'll put you guys at risk. Like I can figure out your pattern of life online. I can figure out where you're at online. I can figure out a lot of different things, man. So understanding the, the digital world, you know, you hop on Wi-Fi, uh, public Wi-Fi. There's a lot of things that can be done to you. You know, you're plugging your phone and your devices into, uh, you know, and, and you just got to realize, guys, those threats. It's not just all physical anymore, man. And the guys that know how to play the digital world, they're ahead of the game because 90 percent. I'm a grunt, dude. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, like about the guns and all that stuff, but we have to elevate our game as protectors, professional protectors, if we want to stay dangerous. So now for the closing questions, brother, favorite quote mantra that you have. <laughs> so he will win who knows when to fight and when not to fight another Sun Tzu one. Uh, so that's all in my philosophy is about fighting is the last stand it's the last option it's a reaction to a very bad problem so we want to be proactive and use situation awareness and these other skills um so yeah i i put i like a lot of quotes but i chose that one today yeah man, i dig it dude take yeah, the out, make an accurate assessment and then make moves man that's awesome i love it man mm. a habit that people can look at that you think will help them be better people or better protectors, you know, on a daily or weekly basis, some people can implement in their lives. Uh, well, I'll be speaking to some people, but maybe not, uh, hopefully not the majority. And it is PT, good old fashioned physical training. You know, yeah. people let themselves slip. And, you know, if you want to be the top of the game, you ha this is a big element. And also for me, if I didn't, if I don't train, my mental health and everything in my life just slides downhill slowly, you know. So keeping that physical training habit that we've all done whilst we was in the military, uh, and if that habit can be a fighting sport like maybe jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I am a big fan of, I love doing that, then you're also learning a practical skill too. too. Yeah. Uh, and training in jiu-jitsu for me is like meditation, you know. It, it, I need that break of the real world like when you're rolling it's you, you think about nothing other than getting strangled and trying not to get strangled yeah you know? so, yeah i'd say maintaining fitness um as a as a habit which should be a habit for any protector um 100%. and it's all sometimes hard to do when you're working from hotels all around but there's always the old uh body weight workout prison workout <laughs> we call them yeah. And the reality is, dude, there's so much there's so much science and statistics around it. People that are fit live better lives on every single level. People, yeah. it gets so underrated. You know, your psychology, your mental health, your emotional intelligence will improve as you put your body under physical strength and strain and you learn to deal with that. And then it prepares you to deal with life. There's so many benefits to physical exertion, you know, that, that and then also when you're doing something as intense as jiu-jitsu and even for me the shooting competitions like you go into that flow state where it's like a mental vacation everything yeah. else is gone and all you're doing is you're in here you're working in this space and you're just focusing completely on one task it's amazing how cathartic it is you know how, how therapeutic it is that's how warriors like us stay alive i think warriors yeah. tap out when we don't have when we can't stretch our legs out, let the beast out for a few minutes a day, you know, and then go back to being PC for everyone. Oh, you're just a big teddy bear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Love you. Yeah. <laughs> the better to protect you with, you know, we just sharp things <laughs> before you wake up in the morning is what we do. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it. I dig it, man. So what are you up to these days? Shameless plug. Now you have some amazing products that people can actually take advantage of from the comfort of their own home, which I think is so beautiful about this digital game. But where are you up? What are you up to these days? Where can people find you? So I'm on Instagram trying to grow my Instagram because I've got shadow banned for doing, I like to do the breakdown videos like you do, but the, yeah, you know, Instagram doesn't like that. So Instagram, sixsite.co. And yes. also TikTok is my biggest platform. So I'm trying to break through into the younger generation and try and hit the people that 
are not looking for this sort of training the people that won't actually train in self-defense until something bad happens in their life so that's my yeah, first man. project at the moment so i've i've built an online course Take, took me six months to make it's called women's self-defense without fighting and it includes a lot of situational awareness a lot of trade craft for detecting a follower and uh, detecting threats up ahead and it gives you the 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 student a lot of training on the other options before the fight and also contingency plans to get help to you while you're in a bad situation uh, and that is actually through my link in my bio on instagram or on my website which is sixsite.co and that's free to anyone who wants it or if you're doing all right for yourself then pay what you can and i'll appreciate if people can pay a little bit because i spent six months working hard on it but i want people to get this information because it's not taught widely and uh, i'm trying to get it out and, and if you're a protector yourself, if you're a father, this is for daughters who may be going off to college or wives that come back from work late at night on their own or go on vacation, business trips. This information is for those that are not really protectors in their mindset and need other options because a lot of the people I speak to, particularly my wife, she openly says, I'm not going to fight. I don't know how to fight. So this is for them. This is why I built this course. What other options do they have? And and that course is is the the guidelines. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I just put the link to your website in the chat. People go ahead, hop over to all that. I also threw the link to his Instagram up so you guys can follow my man, Sony, who's doing some awesome, awesome work in the space. I'm glad hopefully me and you can join forces on some other projects I got coming down the pipeline, dude. Oh, definitely. I'm up. open for all business opportunities. <laughs> yeah, man. Blast this stuff out, man. Blast this stuff out to the world. I love your approach. Pay what you can. I'm the same way, man. Like we, I like I'm giving away content because we can make the world a safer place by helping good people become more dangerous, more formidable. I think evil should fear good. They should fear good people. Yeah. Light and they do, but we need to make it we need to make it even more so, man. So, yeah, definitely, I agree, and you know, I think it, it's at times like these we need to strengthen our communities and the people around us more yeah. so than ever, and that's an important point. I won't say any more on that, but yeah, man, no, hey, I, I completely agree. It's less about government; it's more about good people uh, being connected to good, stinking people. I love mm. it. That's good stuff, y'all. Awesome, brother. Well, man, it's an honor. Um, it's an honor to have spent this time with you, dude. I love what you're doing. I love that you're young in the space. We're gonna be building stuff together for years. You're gonna be out there hammering at your stuff. I'll be hammering at mine. Uh, it's a new generation of protectors, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that we, we're in the same game. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm a big fan. I'll continue. I've got one question for you, actually, Byron. Right? Yeah, man. What's the deal with your Call of Duty? I saw a picture. Was you a model for Call of Duty or are you a character on there or what's going on? Yeah, bruv. Uh, nah, man, I'm sitting here. They, I was on two of the covers, man, for, for Black Ops and for Modern Warfare. Uh, uh, it was one of the greatest honors of my life. <laughs> um, and I, uh, admittedly, admittedly, since I'm so busy hammering and everything, I haven't even been able to get into the game really to yeah. uh, see if I have a skin yet. I don't think I do, but I know I'm like all throughout the art of the game, man. So, oh man, that's awesome. Living the dream. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, great win there, dude. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's one of the cool things. Just, you know, at the end of the day, you know, with me, I want people to see what like an imperfect dude can actually do. If you just do the best you can with what you have uh, and, and let the grace of God, you know, proper planning meets opportunity work hard and then when that stuff happens you seem to get lucky right so yeah. everything i have is by the grace of god and through hard work you know so mm. um yeah man that was an unintended beautiful consequence of being on the path of unlocking potential my dude <laughs> you know that's <laughs> awesome that's one to tell the grandkids about isn't it yeah i have proof you know i got proof there's pictures that was legit at one point in time i want to hear it you know Heck yeah. nice cool yeah, thanks for connecting it's good to chat anything you need from me in the future and anyone ask me questions on my social media i love to speak to people that want to learn as well so anybody just reach out and i'm open for any opportunities outstanding yeah man hit, hit sony up he's up and coming and he's doing some amazing things it's an honor to be connected
Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, You'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, Anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, That helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.